This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. This is just a continuation of what happened last week, okay? So even if you weren't here last week or if you were, let me just recap it real quick because it's just our heart posture and the things that, that we spoke about last week is so important, especially when it comes to reading any parable. Really? Doing anything with Jesus. So... This is it. Are you guys ready? Holy Ghost, we thank you that you already are here. We thank you for more of your kingdom, more of your glory, more of your information, more of your power, more of your knowing. I didn't mean information, more of your knowing, more of your knowing. And we're going to get into what that means. So Holy Ghost, we just thank you. I thank you that our hearts are open to receive. So repeat after me, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I am here to receive. I am here to receive. Yeah, make your kingdom, make your kingdom. real in my life, in my life. even more. Right now. Right now. Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. I love it. Matthew 13. We're going to be, all of, all of tonight, we're going to be in Matthew 13. Okay, can I get a whoop, whoop? Here we go. So if you have your Bible, just weigh it up in the air. Even if you have your phones, they will count tonight. We can do those. There you go. Your Bible's important. Everything you hear off this platform for the whole year, go back, have a conversation with Jesus about it, have a conversation with God about it, with the Holy Spirit. And say, what does this mean for me in my life? Okay, because what I'm going to share with you guys is this intimate moment, my intimate conversations with Jesus and I and the revelations and the truths that he revealed in me. And hopefully it gives you a perspective to be able to go and say, Jesus, how do I apply this in my life? Does that make sense? So that's my heart for you guys. So Matthew 13, verse one, it's so beautiful. It says on the same day. And I thought that was incredible. I'm like, why they specify on the same day? Like that doesn't make any sense. And for me, it was anytime something important happens, I say this happened and on the same day, this happened. For instance, I was in a spin class this morning. I was thinking about my friend and on the same day, he walked to the door. Pretty important, right? Pretty, pretty good. We, that's a positive. A negative was, and my car died. <laughs> and on the same day, I got to pray for somebody. Yes. That's actually pretty great, right? There was a loss, but then there was a gain. Very funny. That's actually what that parable is about. But anyways, on the same day, which when we go back to Matthew 12, a couple of things happened. Um, you don't have to pull up the scripture because I'm just going to paraphrase it. Um, the first couple of chapters, the first couple of verses... Uh, Jesus actually breaks religious bondage off all the disciples. And it was about the Sabbath. He was saying, this is actually the truth behind the Sabbath, which to me, it's so funny because religion actually comes from a place where someone had an encounter with God, a revelation, a beautiful principle, and they kind of left <laughs> Jesus out of it. And they try to do it with their own understanding. And then it turned into a law. It turned into something they had to work really hard for rather than actually understanding the principle that the kingdom of God was trying to implement. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me? So he broke that religious bondage there and it was the Sabbath. It was like, actually the Sabbath is for the son of man and it's to enjoy, to have compassion, to have mercy on the weak. So feel free to eat. It's not for you to suffer. Can I get an amen? No suffering here? Yay. And then he goes into a synagogue. As he's in a synagogue, he heals a man whose hand was withered. And it was very funny because why weren't both hands withered? It was only one. And I think it's funny because then Jesus comes and he heals it. He makes it whole. He made it just like the other one. He brought him back to his original, say, design. Do you know that God has always wanted you to come back to his original? Yes, that it may feel like you're withered in one area, but then God wants to restore you in the whole thing. Can I get an amen? 
Yay, that's awesome. And then he gets kicked out of the synagogue. <laughs> Sad face, or maybe it's a good thing. Because you know what happened? He walked out of the synagogue, just how you guys are going to do. You're going to walk out of this church. You're going to heal the deaf. You're going to heal the mute. And you're going to heal those that are demonized. Because that's exactly what Jesus did outside of the synagogue. So you can perform miracles in church and you can perform miracles Come on, you guys are my people. Come on. I love you guys. Okay, so he's going out. There's a multitude. Say multitude. So many people came around Jesus. Are you doing life alone? Good, because you guys are all here together, so you're not doing it alone, right? When you're in your office, when you're, when you're talking to anybody, when you're trying to sell your car at CarMax, I'll get there. There's a multitude of people there for you to interact with and connect with. Yeah, it's really good. And so he goes and he causes all these miracles. That's what Jesus did in Matthew 12. All these miracles happened. And I love this. I may be missing one or two, but it's okay. Towards the end, out of all these miracles, it said that Jesus was in a house with his disciples. Uh, I like to single out Matthew because it's the gospel of Matthew. But if you read Mark, you can single out Mark. But something about Matthew in there. It said that Jesus... Jesus' mothers and brothers were outside trying to speak to him. And he stopped, turned towards, his, towards Matthew and the rest of his disciples, and extended his hand towards them. Say hand. It's so beautiful. In the Blue Letter Bible, that word hand is actually a symbolism for all the power of God. So anytime you see the hand of God was on this person, it means that the entire power of the universe that created everything was on this person. So whenever you see, and the hand of God was on Moses, and Moses did incredible things, when the hand was on Joshua, Joshua did amazing things. When the hand was on David, David did amazing things. When the hand was on Solomon, you guys still with me? So, so he's pointing his hand towards his disciples. So that means he was saying more than just pointing at them, yeah. saying, I made you look, you know, no, he's, he's, the, the power of God is going, and the words that he said were, these are my brothers, sisters, and mothers. It's very powerful because those words, brothers, sister, and mothers, means everything. It means from spiritual covenant, it means figuratively, it means blood, it means everything. And then Matthew said, on the same day, it's very powerful because all the other paragraphs just say now, then, and Jesus did this, Jesus did that. Not once did he say on the same day, but something happened to Matthew and the rest of the disciples once Jesus' hand was, towards, was, was pointed towards them and said, we're in relationship now. Isn't that beautiful? I see you. I am not ashamed of you. Anybody here dealing with shame, don't lift your hand up. But it's okay, because if you are, there's an opportunity, there's an invitation for the Father and all his power to be pointed towards you. And he says, I am not ashamed to call you family. I'm not ashamed to be in relationship with you. If anything, I want to give you knowing and understanding. And that's how we get to the parables, okay? So if you get anything out of everything that I just said, principle number one is this. Don't do anything without Jesus. (laughs) Principle number two, are you ready? Jesus wants to be in relationship with you. You think about the disciples, you read before their life. If we look at Matthew alone, he was a corrupted tax collector. That doesn't sound good if you hear the word corrupted. But Jesus wasn't afraid to publicly say, this is my brother. This is my family. 
So there's nothing you have done to stop the power of the creator of the universe from you and him having a relationship. And I think that's so beautiful. Amen. Yay. I love that. So that takes us here to the parable of the soils. Okay. So Matthew 13, 1, he knows he's in relationship with Jesus. And it's so beautiful because he shows us a beautiful example of what it's like to, for us believers now to have a conversation with the one that lives inside of us. How many of you guys are born again? Raise your hand. Born again means that you said, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, come into my heart. I no longer want my life. You can have it. Give me your life. Give me, give me, I don't know, give me a taste of the things that I hear people speak about you. Give me a taste of the things that I hear here in the Bible. I'll give you a chance. You're born again. Yay, you're in relationship with him. So on the same day, say on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea in great multitudes. Say multitudes. Everywhere you go, there's a, come on, we're gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. So funny. He was sitting and they were standing. Something about rest, something about striving. I don't know. Number three, then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, behold, a sower, say behold, a sower, a sower can mean a real farmer, it can mean a figurative farmer, okay, so a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed, oh my gosh, wait, real quick, this just hit me right now, he's a sower, that's his identity, and he's doing the thing after his identity, what has God called you? Oh my gosh, son, so what does the son do? Oh, come on. I don't know. That just really hit my heart right now. Behold a sower. You imagine that? Behold, my beloved son, preacher of the good news. Oh, come on now. Behold, a sower went out to sow. Number four. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. Say, oh, man. man. And the birds came and devoured them. Sad face. Number five. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprung up because they had no depths of earth. Verse six, but when the sun was up, they were scorched. Oh no. And because they had no root, they withered away. Say withered away. Like that guy's hand. Number seven, and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. Verse eight, but others, say others, fell on good ground. Say I'm good ground. And yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So right here, I just want to break this down real quick. That word ears, you're not going to believe this. The word ears means mind. It's the same thing that Pastor Gavin has been speaking about, our mind, our heart, our identity, the place where Jesus and I meet together. Those that have a relationship with me here, let them hear. Isn't that beautiful? I love that because we all have ears, but yet he's saying, let them hear, right? And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parable? Pause right there. I love the fact that the disciples, because they have a relationship with Jesus, are allowed to ask him questions. Just real quick, close your eyes. Nobody's going to look. How many of you guys are afraid to ask God questions? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. If you're afraid, that's okay. Because you're allowed to. It means that there's an invitation for you to have a relationship with him. So real quick, right now, just close your eyes. This is all you're going to say. You're going to say, hey, Jesus, everybody together so nobody feels alone. Hey, Jesus, is it okay if I ask you some questions? That's it. And I'll tell you what, he is not the bird. 
He is not the son that scorches up the bad seed. He is the one that gives you 30, 60, and 100 fold. So the seed and the word that he's given you right now, that answer that he's given you, that yes that he's given you right now has 30, 60, and 100 fold and it's good. If you heard a no, that's, that's not the guy that brings 30, 60, and 100 fold. Are you with me? I'm just telling you what I read here in the Bible, okay? Amen. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Forgot to break this down. Parables is beautiful. Parables are stories. They're meant to disarm and win the hearts of people rather than making them feel like they're alienated. If you were to go into the synagogue, they're like, if you haven't read the Torah, then you can't be part of this right here. You got to get out. If you were a beggar, if you were a sower, if you were a pat, if you were any of these shepherds or anybody that wasn't at the top of the food chain, they will look down upon you which is so sad. Never go to a church like that. <laughs> come to a church where they're like, hey, come and listen to the good news. Come and listen to the word, regardless of your past, regardless of where you think you might be, regardless of your bank account and what's going on in your life. Can I get an amen? amen. It's really good. So a parable is meant to have everybody feel united, feel like they can actually have a conversation with their father, okay? The power of the stories, they were meant to linger in people's hearts and their thought process, just like music lingers. Uh, last week's example, I gave us uh, an example of this song that Jackie's been listening to. And I told her, I was like, can we stop? I'm sure you let the lady win a Grammy just by your listens alone, you know? And next thing you know, I did not like this song, but next thing you know, I'm in a shower where my brain was turned off, my Heart was open and I was singing, I should have bought you flowers, you know? And I'm like, I don't even like this song. Why is it in me? Well, what are you meditating on? What are you putting inside of you all week? What have you meditated on since last week that you were here and you heard about the parable? And that's okay. That's okay because you're allowed to ask God questions, right? And we're actually going to get to what to do with the things that make us feel bad. Okay, we're going to get there, all right? Because it's really beautiful. You guys still Okay. Okay, so then uh, the power of a parable, stories that unite us, disarm us, turn off the brain, turns on the heart, lingers in our heart, in our life. When our brain is off, God's like, hey, let's talk about this word. Let's talk about the yes word that I just gave you here at So. Remember, you couldn't ask me questions. Now you're allowed to ask me questions. We built that connection. I took my mighty hand and <laughs> pointed it towards you. And now we have a relationship together, Okay. So the motive, I love it. The motive of God and Jesus with the parable wasn't to confuse them. It was to show them how much God loved them, that he was willing to bring the kingdom, the things of God to the simple man so that everybody can understand it with the simple things. So that means when they would go and see somebody scattering seeds, they're like the kingdom of God. What did that guy say? Oh my gosh, that changed my life. What a good God. Because he doesn't have to do that. He can say, you'll never know the things of God. You miss your chance. Instead, he's like, let me show you in your everyday life. Okay? I like this word too. Uh, the kingdom of God, anything you see here on earth is um, a figurative or, or just a small scale of what's actually going on in heaven. So it's a physical thing for what's actually happening spiritually. To me, that didn't make sense in my brain, but it made sense in my heart. I was like, okay, God, what are the examples that you want to show me? What are the things that you want to do? Now, when I think of a seed, uh, we have chia seeds that I do in my protein shake. Now, every time I see that seed, I'm like, I wonder if this, how small the mustard seed is. What do you do with this, God? And he's like, oh, I made it that small. So you don't have to digest it so much. 
It just goes right in you. And I'm like, wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you for the chia seed, Lord. And here I am praying, you know, and like the chia seed is a small little shadow compared to the kingdom of God. Are you guys with me? It's so small, but yet the life that it brought because of, not because of the chia seed, but because what the chia seed brought me to, it had me come to the kingdom of God. I said, God, is this you? He said, it is me. Let's talk. You guys okay? Simple things for the simple people, for everybody. God doesn't want it complicated. I think it's called the simple gospel for a reason, right? Yay. Okay, I like this. The word hearing to or the word ears is an action. It's something that you actually have to engage with. It means that you have to let go of one thing in order to hear it, right? Right now, if you had headphones in, you're listening to... (laughs) I don't know what, maybe you're listening to that song my wife is listening to, trying to get that lady a Grammy. Or you take him off and your action is to hear, right? It's the same thing that happens with our heart. You can be going, oh, my heart wants this, but God is like the invitation is to come here. And you turn towards it. It's an action. It's something that you do. You know how you do it? You say yes. It works with your will. It works with your choice. You make a choice to listen because he loves you and he has 30, 60, and 100 fold for you. Okay, so that's all what a parable is. It's a heavenly story and it makes me very happy. Okay, yes, okay. Verse 10, and the disciples came and said to him, they asked him a question, why do you speak to them in parables? 11, he answered and said to them, because it has been given, say given, to you. Woo! Come on. I broke down that word given just for you. Just for you. I love it. Oh, man. Hold on. I'm on the wrong page. I, I just can't. Man, that word given was so beautiful. Where is it? Where is it, God? No. I don't have it here. It was such a good word. According I'm so sorry. Oh, here, I got it. I got it. Say amen. Amen. Here we go. Given means to bestow a gift. Ah, to bestow a gift. This is the best part of one's own accord. Ooh, and I looked up the word accord because literally I thought about a Honda Accord. And accord means to be of one mind and heart. So when God gives you something, he is bestowing a gift, one that intertwines your heart and his together. And it's not something you can earn. Oh, that's my favorite part. Because if it's not something you can earn, it means it's something that you can't lose. Because it was freely given to you. But you know why? It's because then your heart and his heart are mended together. And then something is birthed inside of you. Oh, man, I love that word given. So the disciples here are given. A gift is bestowed to them. That means that their hearts and the kingdom of heaven's heart, God's heart are intertwined together. He answered. This is why we need to ask some questions. That's right. Because then God has something to bestow upon you, something to intertwine his heart and your heart together. Am I the only one excited? Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That word mysteries used to make me so mad because I was like, God, what are you hiding from me? You're supposed to be a good father, but he's not hiding anything from you, uh, from me or you. We're using the wrong channel to communicate with him. That word mysteries is this, not obvious to the understanding. Oh man, if you've been here at Living Faith for any moment in the last year and a half, 
Our understanding is all brain. Knowing is all of the heart, the mind, the spirit. So the mysteries of God are not obvious to our rational thinking. That's why God can communicate to me with a chia seed where others would be like, bro, it's just a chia seed. So how is God communicating to you? What are the mysteries, the things that are not obvious to your understanding? What are the ways that he's speaking to you? You guys okay? He answered and said to them, because it has been given, bestowed to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I love this right here because this is what separates the disciples from the rest of the multitude. But to them, it has not been given. And it's so funny because he literally, the way that he gave it to all these disciples, if you read it, he called them and they responded. And then it was given. And then more was given. So there was a 30, a 60, and a hundredfold. And it looks like they're touching a lot of a hundredfold right now, Right. Where the multitude is like, what about me? And Jesus, I'm sure Jesus was calling them. Verse 12, for whoever has to him, more will be given. Oh, that's a good word right there. It's so funny because we think that's going to be material. That word means everything, everything. If it becomes supernatural, if it becomes understanding, if it becomes knowing, if it becomes prosperous, all those beautiful words, it has been given to them. For for whoever has the kingdom of God, to him more will be given and he will have, there's the word abundance, say abundance, but whoever does not have, (laughs) even what he has will be taken away from him. I used to read that and I'm like, God, why are you taking away things? But then I remember the parable and I'm like, it never said God took it away. God's heart was for all of us to reap 30, 60 and a hundred fold in a good field. But then the birds came and the sun came the world came. Even what he has will be taken away from him. Not because of God. God has 30, 60, and 104. Here we go. 13. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, heavenly stories, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. You guys say, I understand. I understand. Yay. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. I like this right here, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts. Remember what hearts means. It's your mind, your identity, where you and God become one, where he bestows gifts It's a good word, heart. Say hearts. 15, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. That's not us. Our hearts are awake. We're going to get into that parable too. We're no longer asleep. We're awake. Woo! Their ears, say ears, are hard of hearing. Your hearts are not hard of hearing. And their eyes, oh my gosh, I broke down this word eyes because I'm like, God, why are you doing both? Why are you doing ears and eyes, you know? Ears, Knees and toes. Okay, eyes is faculty of knowing. That's what that word means. And I was like, okay, what's a faculty? I thought of faculty like people who run a school system and stuff like that. The word here, faculty, is this. It's an inherent mental and physical power, right? So I broke down the word inherent because I'm done pretending I know words that I don't know of or assume I do. Inherent means inseparable. Something that you're born with. I just think about God. God's the only one that's able to then 
give you something to inherit. We can go through a bunch of scriptures in Galatians about inheritance, but it's born within you. It's born. Something that's inseparable. That when the Father speaks, when you ask your question, when you have communion with God, then he bestows to you a gift that's inseparable and it affects your mental and physical power. It changes your identity. It changes who you are. Isn't that great? Shouldn't we have more conversations with Jesus? I like this though. It's an inherent mental and physical power. It's inseparable, but the word was knowing. And I've heard Pastor Gavin say knowing a couple of times and I thought I knew what knowing means, but it's so good. The word knowing here is developing relationship with someone through spending time with them. So it's an intimate kind of knowing. Oh, and I thought about this as I was at the gym and I was on the cycle class, uh, there was a guy next to me and I seen him a couple of times and I don't know his name. <laughs> I don't know anything about him other than he spins. Do you guys think I know him? No. Not, not this kind of knowing. I have information about him. I can tell you that he wears a necklace. I can see his face. I can tell you that he sits to the spin class next to me and he always leaves my, ch- my seat open. I don't know if he likes me. I don't know any of that. But now my coach over there, Josh Carter, I know him. I know him very well. I know his shoe size is the same shoe size because he likes Jordans. I like Jordans. I know he drives a Honda Civic. I know he has a girlfriend. I know he loves Jesus. I know his age. I think I know his birthday, but at least I think about him when it comes to his birthday. But him and I work out together. Who do I no more. Who do I actually know? Do I know the guy that sits on my spin class? Can you remember his name? Or do I know the guy that I spend every, almost, well, we used to spend every, almost every day together working out, right? It's this intimate place of knowing, but it's because I spent time with him. So our eyes, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. So when we see with our eyes, we're seeing (laughs) with this developed relationship because we spend time with Jesus and it's inseparable, those moments that we spent with him. I just think about all the moments like little to big that, that I've had with Jesus and and I could see his face. And, and I remember when I first gave my life to him, I thought I knew him, but I knew nothing about him. I thought he was a God that was angry with me, that wanted to kill me. And then I come to actually know him. And I know he's a God that wants to give me 30, 60, and 100 fold in every area of my life. I feel like my eyes are open to him and my ears are open to him. My heart is open to him. And it's inseparable. Isn't that beautiful? So I, I, I just bring up that to say, what about you guys? Just close your eyes for a second. And I want you to use the eyes of your heart and the ears of your heart to see Jesus. And just to see him right now in a way where you actually know him, in a way where you actually built relationship with him and are building relationship with him in a way where he's able to give you some kind of inheritance that's inseparable that changes your mental and physical appearance.
Okay, verse 15, I'll just reread that again. For the hearts of these people have grown dull. That's not you guys. <laughs> their ears are hard of hearing. That's not you guys. And their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. So that I should heal them. In the King James Version, I love it because it actually says heal, but it also says convert. And that word convert is a, is a twofold thing. Uh, it's so beautiful. It's, oh, I love this. It's twofold. The heal and the converted part. It's to the love of God. We turn to the love of God. And also we turn to our one's true self. So this place right here, when our eyes and our ears are open because Jesus wants a relationship with us, it's actually an invitation to turn to the love of God that then turns to our true self. And I love this because he said, should I heal them? God is here. He's in a business of making you whole in every area of your life. And I love this, okay, 16. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Woo, that's good news right there. 18, therefore hear the parable of the sower. 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. 20, but he who received the seed on stony place, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. I love this. I love this because like that's, that's the whole point of this parable right here. It's what are we focused on? What are we focusing our ears and our hearts Towards? Are we focusing towards the loss in our life? Or are we focusing on the relationship with Jesus, which he only has to give and for us to gain? And the example for me, ah, I, just, I just, I'm dying to tell you guys about my car story because I know I shared it last week, but so much has happened in the last week. But here, I'll, I'll, I'll finish this and I'll tell you. 23, but he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred fold, some 60, some 30. And, uh, and so for me, this whole parable right here, I was like, okay, God. So like my, my, the, the, the challenge that I was having was this. I had a Kia, uh, 2011 Kia. When I came back from my deployment, I ended up buying it, right? I actually got it for half price. So I was like, yay, God, this car is for me, right? So I've been holding on to that word all the way till now. <laughs> and, Every day I would get in my car and I'm like, God, thank you so much for this. You gave it to me half off. This is you, this is what you do. And then I'm driving this beautiful word of God right here that I have. And it leaves me in the middle of the street. And I was like, whoa, God, like what happened here? This is supposed to be a godly car. And he, I was like, well, did I hear wrong? You gave me a discount. What about my testimony? Does that mean nothing to you? And in that moment, the birds were coming. The sun was scorching me and it was starting to make me feel really sad. But the goal was this. It would be so silly for the sower, his profession to give up everything because he had a bad day or a bad moment. 
So that moment was really hard for me because I was stressed out. I was trying to rationalize how to do everything. The insurance company couldn't find my policy. And that was the moment. It was an invitation for me to turn towards God, to have this relationship with him, to turn off my rational brain just for a little bit and turn my heart on because I know when I met with Jesus, he was going to make me whole and give me clarity on what to do. And I called the policy holder and then, you know, called another, he was like, call again. And I called another person and they were like, we can't find it, but we're going to tow it for you anyways. And I was like, that looks like 30 fold of me. They towed my car, took it to the mechanics. At this point, I'm freaking out. But then I have people left and right saying, hey, I want to give you my car for the week while you figure out your car situation. And I was like, that sounds like 30, 60 or 100 fold of me. Thank you so much, Jesus. Right? So I go and uh, during the week, I'm trying to figure out if I buy a car or don't because I'm trying to hold on to this word that God gave me years ago, which isn't bad, but like the question was this, was God, do you want me to hold on to this or do you have something else for me? And if he would have said, hold on to this, I'm holding on to it because he knows better. But the fact was this, he said, I have something better for you. But you have to be willing to let go of what you thought it should look like for the things that I actually want to give you. Okay? It was, it's just so beautiful. This is my relationship with him. So then uh, I go and I'm on this car hunt and I end up at a, at, and, and it's, I wish I could tell you that once I had that moment of breakthrough, it was done. I was good to go. But just how the parable said, it was the birds, then it was the thorns, then it was, it was three things before we got to the thing. I'm not saying that's the formula, but for me, it was not just a one and done. I had to keep going to back to the father and having a conversation with him, right? So then I go and it's the next thing. One was, it left me in the road. The other one was my car insurance. The other one was trying to find a car. And I was afraid because I was like, what if this salesman tries to get me? I go with him. I become vulnerable with him. I was like, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm afraid because... <laughs> I have no father here with me. And then I hear God's voice and he was like, I'm your father. Luke, I am your father. And I was like, yeah, God, you are. And the guy was like, me too. And I was like, oh my gosh. So then we go outside and there's a ministry moment between him and I. And I forgot to tell you, I prayed for the tow guy that came to get me, right? 30, 60, 100 fold. It's not just about you. So then I go, I'm talking to the guy, ministering to him. We're having a good crying moment. It's cold outside. And he's like, hey, I have a better option for you. And it's way cheaper. So we go, he shows me this new car, zero miles. And he's like, I can give it to you for way less than you think that you were able to pay. And I was like, that's perfectly fine. Let's make it work. He's like, figure out what's going on with your mechanic. I call the mechanic. This is the mind blowing part. Are you guys ready? They can't find what's wrong with my car. They're like, everything's fine. Everything checks out fine in your car. There's nothing wrong with your car. And I was like, sir, it left me in the road three times. (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean like what do you mean and then the confusion came god wait did you did you did you say what did what did you say did i hear you wrong am i supposed to fix this where am i supposed to get the money to fix this Right? All this, all these questions come. What are you supposed to do? You go and have a conversation because you're allowed to ask him questions. And then he gives you an answer. And he said, go back, tell them to check it again. And they checked it again for a couple of days. And then, um, there's the, then, then I go to the dealership and the guy was like, look, we're going to give you a military discount. We're going to give you a rebate. And then they're just going to give you a discount just because. And so by the end of all this thing, I pay sticker price for a brand new car. I don't got to pay taxes on it. Um, they pay taxes on it. They pay taxes on it. Don't, don't put me in jail. They pay taxes on it. They closed my registration on it. And they gave me like $3,500 worth of extra stuff that I would normally have to bargain for for free. 30, 60, 100 fold, right? Like, but, but the goal was this. I focus on 
the possibility of a gain that the father had for me, not on my loss or what I considered a loss. Right? This is the beautiful part. I get a call from the mechanics. They're like, hey, your car checks out fine. It's not turning off on us, but there's an airbag light on it. Um, It's a hard code. We can't get rid of it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to fix this thing. <laughs> and, uh, and, I go and, and, and I go to the mechanics. You know, we go and uh, we put our down payment on this car. And um, I go back to the mechanics and they're all like, what are you going to do with the car? And I was like, well, my goal is to give it away tomorrow. Like, go and take it to CarMax. See if they'll give me anything. And they're like, that's so smart. That's really smart that you do that. Because this car is dying a very slow death. And, uh, but everybody was like, we don't know if they're going to give you anything because the airbag light is on. And I was like, oh man, like I was just, again, another moment where I can either focus my ears and my eyes towards Jesus, or I can focus on the things of the world and be so afraid of what might happen. And I said, I have nothing to lose. Got in my, my wife got in her brand new car. Uh, they pushed the payments off for a couple months. It was just crazy, right? So then we end up going in this car. We get to CarMax. Uh, I go, I meet the guy. There was a multitude of people just walking around, just saying hi to everybody because I'm no longer nervous about what I should do and how I'm in control, right? I'm focused on the mission of God and the kingdom of God and what he wants to do. I shake this man's hand. He's really cool. He gets in my car. My wife told me he test drived it so hard that I shouldn't even take it back, you know? And this is the crazy part. I am, and I wish I could tell you I still had faith, right? But I'm getting ready to go inside of the CarMax thing because I'm afraid he's going to say zero dollars and I got to take it back worse than I gave it to him, you know? And I go in there, he shakes my hand and he's like, this is how much I can offer you for this car. It's good for a week. I was like, a week, bro, I'm about to do it right now. <laughs> and he was like this, he said this, um, he, he said, you're good to go. And I didn't say anything about there, but he didn't bring it up. So I didn't bring it up. So then I go and, and, and it, was, it was almost as much as we put down for our down payment. Isn't that crazy? I think it was off by like five to like 800 bucks that we actually had to put out of pocket, right? So then I go and we're sitting there and, and they take every, they, they, they do all the registration and stuff. And the lady was so sweet. She was like, um, if you sign this, this means you can't come back tomorrow and get this car. And I was like, lady, I wish, I wish you knew my whole week. I wish you knew <laughs> that the creator of the universe just gave me a car because he loves me and it's a material thing, but I'm his beloved son and he loves me so much that he would move all these people because I'm willing to sow the good seed, which is actually what he's telling the disciples to do, that even though you have lost, still sow the good seed because there's 30, 60, and 100 fold that you might never see. And his name could be Paul, or his name could be Rafa, or his name could be you guys, right? And I go and I sit down and as I sign it, the lady out of nowhere, she was like, I love your energy. And I said, huh, let me tell you about God. <laughs> let me tell you about my God. And, uh, and then, I, you know, I t- God was like, tell her how much I love her nails. And I was like, yo, I love your nails, lady, a multitude, I mean, uh, girl. And I get up and leave. And um, they're like, here are your plates. Here's your checklist. And got in this car. And I felt so whole because the stress that I had that week was removed by the father that loves me so much. And I think the whole point of that story isn't to tell you that God's going to give you stuff, but I'll tell you this, God will make you whole. He will bring you peace. He'll remove things that you have no idea are there. And I have a couple minutes to tell you how he does it. Okay. Are you guys ready? So we're going to jump down to 24. Okay. Still is Matthew 13, 24. Are you guys okay with my story? 
Love it. I'm saying this car is like, okay, okay. All right, before we go to 24, okay? Remember this point. Somebody remind me, uh, God is in the business of removing the bad, giving you the good. Are you guys good with that? So I'm in this car, right? I'm in this car and this thing is crazy. Like it has seat warmers, never had seat warmers in my life. I was trying to get the basic version and the guy was like, bro, why would you get the basic version if you're getting, you, what is it? It's not the top of the line, but it's like the one that has seat warmers in it for the price of a, of a basic run, right? And I was like, I guess, I, I guess God is still working in me, you know? I, I'm in CarMax, I'm walking in the, in the parking lot and I see the same car Two years late, like a 2019, this is a 2023, it has 7,000 miles, mine has zero, and it's like three, $4,000 more used than this brand new car that I have. Oh man, oh my gosh. This is the sad part though. I lost one of the little thingies that blow up the, the air tire. You know what I'm talking about? The little, the little knobs. And I was so sad because it's gold, the rest of it is black. My wife didn't know that. And, and I'm looking at it and God was like, hey, hey, remember the parable? Are you going to cry <laughs> because of something that you can probably go into the dealership and they'll give you one for free because they give you everything else for free or are you going to enjoy this ride? So this is the thing. I'm driving this car. I have seat warmers and I feel like I don't deserve it. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why. And this is where God took me to, where he's in the business of removing the bad and giving you the good so you can enjoy life and the things that he has for you. Another, uh, another word that I had here is independence versus dependence, <laughs> okay? When we're independent, even with the things that God gives us, we're actually, wait, yes, yes, did I say that right? When, when we're, hold on, give me a second. The baby's so cute, she threw me off, hold on. You're good, don't take her out of here, she's so cute, I love her so much. Okay, even when God gives you something, you can try and do it by yourself. Yeah. Where that's not God's heart. The whole purpose of life unfolding moment by moment is for you and him to be one accord, to have one mind, one heart, one mission, to do it together. That's called dependence. So I have this gift from God and I'm telling him how I'm gonna take care of this car. But I know that it's me doing all the work because I'm getting mad at anybody that's getting close to me. And I know because the thing he has sensors on, it tells me, it goes beep, 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 beep. And I turn and I'm like, I'll get out this car and I'll fight you. I'll do it right now. And I'm saying it out loud, not in my heart. My wife is like, you're not going to do that. And I was like, for this car, I am. Oh, and then um, forgot to tell you guys, my, my car insurance went down. Like, I think we're paying like 130. We're paying like 80 bucks. Got USAA, full coverage on a brand new car. It makes no 30, 60, 100 fold. It is a mystery. Yeah. Not obvious to the understanding. Yeah. And it just, it just blows my mind, okay? Amen. I just love God. He's just the best. Um, so, I'm, so I have all this beautiful testimony, and I'm sitting in this car scared that I'm going to lose it. I'm scared that someone's going to hit me, even though I am covered, even though God, if God did it once, he could probably do it again, even though I'm sitting in a hundredfold. I am so conscious of what I might lose that I'm not enjoying the thing that I have and gained. Yes, baby girl. Come on, man. That's the difference between being independent and then being dependent. Okay. And I like this parable that he did. Okay. And, and I want to give you the actual context for it, but then I want to give you the revelation that God gave me. Okay. So it's Matthew 13, 24, another parable. Remember parable is a heavenly story. Come on. 
he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Say, I am good field. Come on, 25. But while men slept, but while men slept, you know that word slept there means? It means dead. It means yield or surrender to sin. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tars. I'll tell you what tars are. Among the wheat and went his way. Okay, before we keep going, I just want to let you know what tars are. Tars look like wheat, but they're poisonous. Tars look like wheat, but they're poisonous. Remember, like the man who sowed good seeds, we assume the good seed is the wheat. (laughs) And the enemy came and he sowed tars. Tars is poisonous. When did he do it? When, When we were asleep, when we were dead, when we surrendered to sin. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tars among the wheat and went his way. 26, but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tars also appeared. That's so funny that when things are going really great in our life, one thing pops up and we're like, there's something wrong with us. I love this. 27, so the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tars? I love this. Who is the servant to speak to the master? They had a relationship. Why was the servant able to come and ask such a direct question? Servants weren't allowed to do that. Unless he says, I no longer call you slaves or servants, but I call you I love you, Elias. So then servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, remember, ask him questions. He loves questions. Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tars, fake wheat, the opposite of the truth? False wheat was actually the word. Poisonous false wheat. 28, he said to them, an enemy has done this. I love it. He responded. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? Oh, come on. Just be honest with me. How many times have you noticed that there's something going on in your life and you're like, God, I'll do it. I'll handle it by myself. You're the master. I'll do it by myself. I got it. You stay over there. I'll go into this field and I'll try to figure out what's poison and what isn't. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? I love this because he responded even in that question. He wasn't like, no, you're weak. He didn't say that. He responded to him. He responded. This is, this is one thing I want you to write down. Are you slowing down enough to wait for his response? And it's kind of hard to do when we're not using our ears and our eyes of our heart, it's very easy to do 
when we're trying to use our actual ears and our actual eyes of our flesh. And that's okay, because that could lead you to this place. Do you want us then to go and gather them up? 29, but he said, no, lest while you gather up the tars, the false wheat, the poison, you also uproot the wheat with them. Oh, come on. I know that as condemnation. I know that as shame. I know that as guilt. Come on, don't, don't shut down on me, right? Those moments where we're like, oh man, God, there's something good here, but oh, what is that? Oh, there's something wrong with me. I hate myself. Why did I do that again? Why did I do that? I'm gonna, I know how to do it. I'm gonna fix myself. I'm gonna fix my behavior. What are you doing? You're, you're, you're getting rid of both things. You're getting rid of... <laughs> You're not enjoying the car drive. You're saying, I can take care of this. I can get out here and fight. (laughs) I can go and protect myself. Where God is actually saying, but I'm your protector. You just leave those seat warmers on. I'll protect you. I'll protect you. Yes, I, I admire your heart. But don't hate yourself right now because then we were like, oh man, why did I say that? Why did I want to go and fight? I thought that part of me was dead. Why is this here? Why is it coming back? And then what, you, you're not even paying attention to the road. And then your car insurance kicks in. All right, 29. But he said, no, that's why you gather up the tars. You also uproot the wheat with them. I love this. 30, let both grow together until the harvest, and at the same, and at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, okay, before we go to the reapers, because I used to read that and think it was the grim reaper, but it's not, okay? So I like this, let both grow together. I just really wanted to know, I'm like, that's, that's very important. So I found out that the way that a seed grows is first it's put into the ground, but then pressure is applied to it and it cracks, and once it cracks, it activates this germification inside of it. So the thing that was inside of it automatically starts to produce after its own kind and it grows and grows and grows. And then bam, it's either a wheat or it's something poisonous, right? What happens with us when we're under stress? What happens to us when we're trying to handle it on our own? Something cracks and it starts to germify. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hit a little... A little harder because this was for me too. This is something that happened to me a couple months ago. I started thinking about all the things that my earthly father showed me. Some were good, some were bad. I didn't know what was good or what was bad until pressure was applied and it grew. And I was able to say, okay, I see that that caused me pain. But the father was meant this. But if Rafa tried to go and do it, what I did was I suppressed I said, I'm just going to grab both of those right there. I'm going to shove it down and I'm never going to speak about it again. But then the reaper came. I like this right here, 30. Let both grow together. Let them germify. Let them, let them pop up into the surface. You ever get thoughts and you're like, I don't want to deal with it? You're not supposed to deal with it, but you're supposed to invite the master <laughs> who then will say to the reapers, First, gather the tars and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know. I just think about this moment because I used to think reapers and I'm like, that's a, that's a grim reaper. That's a bad person. No, no. A reaper is somebody that can tell the difference between what is a good wheat and what is a bad wheat. 
of the blink of an eye. I Googled it. They're very, 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 very similar, except the, uh, keep saying it around the, the tar, the Taurus is, uh, black <laughs> and the wheat is very light. But if we're not careful, we'll, we'll hack both. But the reaper that knows, he knows is able to come and say, that is bad, that is good, or that is not of God, that is of God. Let's just put that over here. We'll burn it so you'll never see it again. And if it comes back up, give it to me again. But the good, I love this, the good, he puts it where? In his barn. Another word for barn is storehouse. I can't help but think about Joseph in Genesis 41, where he says, lay up the wheat during the good days. So for when the famine comes, we can survive. How long did they survive for? A lot of years. What happens in these moments where we're vulnerable enough to say, God, I see this poison here. I don't want to touch it because I'll probably condemn myself. How do you want to handle it? And he brings this reaper that's able to know which one is life, which one is death, get rid of death, grab life and put it into his storehouse. So then this moment happens when you're in pressure again. He's like, wait, 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 I have something in the storehouse for you. This is who you truly are. And this is just me. This is the way that my brain works. I wonder if that's the seed that we actually plant back in our field that could grow 30, 60, and 100 fold. I'll tell you what, no, I'm, I'm enjoying driving my car now. <laughs> but, I, but I had to take that moment to say, whoa, I saw something pop up that I haven't seen in a long time. Father, Can you invite the Holy Spirit to come and separate light and dark? Can you come and separate this anger? And it's so much better when he does it because when he separated, he was like, all I want you to focus on is enjoying. You guys good? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, there's a bunch of more parables. But I feel like you guys have the tools to go and figure it out by yourself and the revelation that God wants to give you, right? Come on, man. I can't have more than three people. I'm like, the whole point was for you guys to say, all right, I'm building a relationship with Jesus. I'm bringing the Bible to him. I'm okay asking him questions. I'm okay when the questions upset me. Okay, there's poison. There's life. God, take the poison. What is life? Why do you want to show me? It's a simple thing for simple people. With 30, 60, and 100 fold. You guys good? All right, let me pray for you guys. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, right now. You know what? We're going to practice together. We're in a safe place. We're in a safe place with you. Yeah, we're in a safe place with you, Jesus. We're in a safe place with you, Holy Ghost. Yeah, I thank you that we don't even have to look for the poison. It comes up by itself. It comes up. We're not going to be sin conscious. We're going to be God conscious. We're going to be so focused on the goodness of God and the harvest that he has for us that when the poison comes up, he's like, hey, 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 servant, (laughs) my son, my friend, the one that I love. Do you want to have a conversation about that? And if you say yes, if you make the call like the disciples did with Jesus when he said, come, drop your nets. I'll make you a fisher of men. If you give him yes, if you use your choice with him, then the one that knows exactly how to divide spirit and flesh can come and get rid of that. He's going to grab that truth, (laughs) that word of God. Another word for it is rhema. 
that word of God and he's going to put it in his storehouse. He's going to give it back to you to go and plant it in the field so you can get 30, 60, 100 fold so others can eat. (laughs) So God, I just thank you. I, I think my prayer for you guys is this. God, help us be so God conscious and not sin conscious. Make it hard for us to pronounce the word TARS, (laughs) but make it very easy for us to pronounce the word wheat and life and good. That's right. Come on now. Thank you, God. We love you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for creating parables. And, and, And thank you, God, for the insight on the parables that comes from relationship with you so we can enjoy life now. Just some closing remarks is this. They didn't understand when he said the kingdom of God is like. They thought that the kingdom was going to show up right there and destroy all of Rome. They didn't understand that the kingdom of God could have been in the past, the present, the future. It could have came the way that God had to come. But most importantly, it had to come the way into their heart. The kingdom of God first started in their heart. So everything that you take to God is like the kingdom of God working in your heart. So we just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus, for Matthew writing all this down (laughs) and having the ears and the heart to hear you and then the ears and the heart to actually write it down. (sighs) Yeah. So thank you, Holy Spirit for just, I don't know, changing our focus again. Yeah, not that it ever turns off, but activating again our ears and our heart, our eyes and our heart, bringing us to one accord with you. We love you, we thank you, and we bless the rest of the night and the rest of the year (laughs) that we now know how to receive everything, have our full focus on God, to be God-conscious. Jesus' name, we just thank you. Yeah. Amen. Well, I love you guys. Thank you for your time.